G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Through the remainder of the hour, touching on some of the things we've begun to talk about already with Jenny Stokes and issues of domestic abuse, well, that's just one of the areas that pushes people right to the edge. And so today, talking about issues of coming back from the brink, what is it that brings you back from the brink when you're pushed to breaking point? Well, you might have your own story to share. You might have a testimony you'd like to share with us, whether it is about marriage or domestic violence, family violence, all of those sorts of uh, things that can revolve around family life. Any sort of family crisis in there can push us to the brink. It could have been crippling financial circumstances. It could be the issues that we deal with oftentimes in our lives, uh, depression and even pushing us to the point where suicide becomes something we think about and we can come back from the brink. Well, let's talk through some of those issues today. Our special guest through the remainder of the hour is Brett Ryan, CEO of Focus on the Family. As we uh, introduce Brett, uh, just uh, mentioning the talkback line is open now. You can call through and be a part of our conversation this hour. 1-800-316-316. Our talkback line, 1-800-316-316. Let's introduce Brett. Hello, Brett. Welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil, and and a warm welcome to all your listeners out there. And you're talking to us from Melbourne in Victoria. And, uh, of course, uh, great to be able to welcome listeners from all over the country in every state and territory, more than 600 cities, towns and communities around Australia. Uh, Talkback line open, 1-800-316-316. Brett, today, back from the brink, this is what you guys deal with all the time at Focus on the Family, providing resources that help people uh, to be able to deal with the crises in their lives. Uh, This is a common story in a lot of families. Oh, absolutely. And it's a sad indictment on our society that families are breaking up and it's becoming uh, divorce and separation and family conflicts are becoming much more normalized in our society and accepted, um, which is really sad for the devastating effects that it has on the individuals, the couples and uh, obviously the children in these situations. I guess if you were trying to ascertain what sort of conditions in people's lives take people to the brink, uh, you guys have got resources on a whole lot of different areas. What sort of ones are the most popular ones that people are accessing when it comes to uh, these sorts of issues? Well, it's actually interesting that you should say that is because I think both inside and outside the four walls of the church, people are suffering and, and dealing with the same issues. And um, Focus has as just, as just arrived in January a whole um, new curriculum or resource called the Family Project. And it actually looks at a biblical pr- principle of how God would like us to have healthy families, healthy relationships, healthy um, interaction with one another. And you don't have to be married to actually look at this. I mean, I actually showed my 20-year-old son and he said it was really engaging because it's a DVD and type of things. So... 
if you're asking me what the most popular thing is, I actually think this should be the most popular because it actually, you can invite your your neighbours, your work colleagues and really challenge them about how they're going in their family and, and keeping the mirror close to our own uh, faith because we're all dealing with how we can actually be better husbands, better wives, better fathers, better mothers. This uh, institution of the family or this organism that we have, uh, we find when there's family breakdown, when we get separated from our families, then is it a sense in which we're more inclined to actually face more of these circumstances where we find ourselves on the brink? Is the family such a a fabulous, uh, you know, a soft landing, protection? Is it, uh, you know, it's a hedge of protection around us, someone there to help when we're going through the worst times of our lives? Oh, absolutely. I think if, well, you're, you're preaching to the choir here. If we had healthier families, we'd have a healthier community and a healthier nation. And and families who are going through crises or individuals going through crises, the number one thing they've always said to uh, us or, or anyone, a counsellor, they always say, the only thing that got me through was the love of my family the unconditional love and support of my family. And that could be a myriad of different reasons for causing them to go through such as the brink as you've already referred to, whether that's drug independence, whether that's mental health issues, uh, whether it's stress, whether it's um, a number of uh, conflicts that they're going through and challenges. The love of their family and the strength of their family and the support they get is the thing that actually helps them get through that. Well, we're going to hear a number of stories through the hour and uh, you have the opportunity to participate in our conversation today. You can perhaps direct our conversation in uh, all sorts of different ways, but we'll be talking about coming back from the brink. Let's hear from Sue in Tasmania with her story. Hello, Sue. Welcome along to 2020. Hello. Sue, it's good to have you on the 2020. What's your story? What's your contribution to our, our conversation today? Back from the brink. Yes, well, I'd just like to contribute a little bit about my story, <clears throat> excuse me, because I've come through um, a very challenging life as a child with domestic violence that ultimately led to me going into an, an abusive relationship in my first marriage. And in the end, I attempted suicide, but it was my faith in God that brought me through. And I really held on to my faith by a very thin thread but it was that faith and my pleading with God that actually brought me through the suicide attempt by someone um, intervening right at the last moment and literally saving my life. So I just want to contribute the fact that God is there for every one of us. He does hear the cry of our heart and you know we must never give up because of being damaged by other people or our circumstances. Sue, are you saying that some seeds sown of faith and understanding who God is in your early life uh, came to bear some fruit in the darkest times that you were facing? You mentioned domestic violence uh, right through even to thoughts of committing suicide. Are you saying that your faith, when you had that, you know, held on by a thin thread, that in those dark moments you came back to understand that God was really there and was going to strengthen you to bring you through? Well, no, it was actually after the the attempt and my pleading with God, imploring him to be merciful on me if he was there. I didn't even, by that stage, understand if he was really there for me. 
And I was just about to swallow a whole heap of tablets and end my misery. And it was at that moment that I said to God, well, if you're really the loving God people say you are, and you're really merciful, you'll let me into heaven. And I had a very confused understanding of God and the whole concept of eternity. But it was nothing short of miraculous that within moments someone drove into my driveway and knocked on my door and that person intervened at a moment when I could very well have ended my life. Let's hear from Brett Ryan. Brett, what are your thoughts on how Sue's shared her story? Well, first of all, thank you, Sue, for ringing today and sharing and being transparent of your journey. And it's not an uncommon one, unfortunately, because, um, you know, domestic violence, and as you said, that it formed a, you know, a pattern for you to, you know, even accept an abusive relationship and then leading you to have that suicidal ideation. And then, Mm. but I love the redemption story that no one is beyond the brink. No one is um, from his clutches and his awareness. Um, He knows a number of hairs on our head and to have someone come and arrive at the right time with the right amount of support, I am so pleased that you're here to tell that story and to be able to be a blessing to other people because honestly, when I hear of people going through crises, they may have never had a faith in any shape or form, but somehow because of our spiritual void that they've been trying to fill for so many years in so many different areas, God comes and shows up big time. And it's, it's lovely to hear those type of stories. Thank you. Sue, I want to thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Uh, really appreciate your input here on 2020, and I'm sure others will uh, certainly relate to the way that you've shared that and some of the circumstances you've gone through. Thanks so much for being with us. We'll take your calls, 1-800-316-316. Our talkback line is open. You can be a part of our conversation today. We're talking about coming back from the brink and some important elements to what Sue was sharing there before we take another call. Uh, Brett, when, when Sue was talking about it, wasn't it great to, uh, to have someone arrive just in the nick of time on the driveway? Uh, really at that last moment. But what you guys at Focus on the Family have been so strong on uh, is the idea that if you get families right at the beginning, uh, then you have that protection, that cocoon, that ability to be able to shield your children as they grow up from getting caught up in all of these bad relationships and all of the things that lead to being on the brink uh, where you could either fall over the precipice or whether you could be rescued at the last moment. Really, absolutely true on that. If our families are healthy and our relationships and we can share our ups and downs, there's no, there's no guarantees. You can do everything right and your family can turn out a certain way and you can do everything wrong and your family can turn out a certain way. But I do think if we're intentional on help and building healthy relationships with our children, with our partner, you know, the chances of going through the troubles that Sue shared uh, are going to be minimalised. And um, there's a lot of benefits. And I could give you a whole array of statistics about the health and well-being of the household, Um, even the fact of having a a regular family mealtime around the table. 
is going to benefit your kids psychologically, academically, socially, less likely to be involved in risky behaviour and antisocial behaviour and going down the pathway of drugs and alcohol. There are a lot of benefits of the family staying united together. Our talkback line open one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's hear from John in Coburg. Hello, John. Welcome back to twenty twenty. How are you, Neil? Very well, John. Good to hear from you again. What's your How contribution you, today? Oh, really well, John. Hell yeah, you're doing a great job, mate. Focus on the family. There's such a great organisation, really needed in oh, our country. You. Thank you very much. So, um, what I was going to say, a few points. One is, um, I think um, part of the problem. In Australia also, and I assume this is in the Western countries, is um, the welfare state is a big problem because people are not accountable. They just they get given all this money and it actually helps to break up the family because, you know, when you're tied on money and you want to hold on to your family more, um, there's a government just handing, you know, lollies out for free. People aren't appreciating where it comes from. It's not holding the family together as well because it um, enables women, especially single-parent women, they're getting paid very good money um, from the government. Um, they're doing well. They're going to buy all the latest good clothes because I, I know that for a fact because I've spoken to a few of them. John, they, you know, John you'd, have to, you'd have to agree too that while there may be welfare available, it does provide a safety net for people who are on the brink. Um, Yes, I, I, I understand what you're saying, but at the end of the day, um, people pay their taxes and people should also make a choice on how their money's spent. If I come to your house and I just stole something from you, um, you wouldn't be too happy about that either. So I do think we need a safety, but, uh, safety, um, but the problem you've got today is you've got people abusing the system. I mean, you're living in a past post-Christian society where people don't value the, the virtues of, of the honesty and, and, you know, and love and kindness. They... It's greed. I mean, our society is run by greed, lust, and, you know, all these things. I'm not saying there's not good people in the midst of it. Of course there are. But obviously the people walked away from the Christian faith because it's too hard. They don't want to live by their moral laws. They prefer to have fun and to live in sensationalism and, you know, pleasure, because money buys pleasure. So the government's helping them to have that lifestyle and breaking up the family. So, okay, John, um, let's, uh, let's hear from Brett on some of the things you're uh, talking about there. Brett, any thoughts on what John's sharing? I think there's some, uh, there's some points that I totally agree with. It. The, other, the idea of some people, and I, and I have to say some people, could actually go into a mindset of having a poverty mentality and having a dependency on the government to hand them out. But I also know a number of people who um, are only just surviving because of the government to have a support. We live in a very, very uh, privileged country to be able to have those resources available. There are people who do abuse the system, but that's unfortunate with any society that we, we do things um, that are only to our advantage. But there are a lot of people who are relying on those, those handouts just to get food in their uh, to their children's and uh, tummies and and have a roof over their head, and so it's it's not as si- simple and say that this is what's happening to society and everyone's living in a you know a luxurious lifestyle. There are a number of people doing it really tough. There's a lot of people who are doing it tough and they're happy to do it tough because they think that life is going to be much more rewarding for them. So then just living you know week to week and doing and but they're having a their family is strong and I think you can be you, you can be rich with money and have a poor in spirit, but you can have poor in money but have a rich and fulfilled family. And I think that's the difference between having a choice on you know how we go about living this day and the day 
day in, day out of how we live our lives and um, the choices that we make and the decisions that we make are going to set the tone for how we're going to live our lives. Are we going to live it for self-seeking or being selfless? Uh, John from Coburg, thank you so much for your input today here on 2020. Our talkback line is open. You can be a part of our conversation today. We're talking about coming back from the brink. You may have a story to share, your own testimony, perhaps coming back from the brink. Perhaps it's a miraculous testimony. Perhaps it's a testimony of how you were kept from moving to a position where you were on uh, on the edge, a place where you were at risk. It could be in marriage. It could be in your family. It could be in crippling financial circumstances, depression, even suicide. You can be a part of our conversation today. Uh, please feel free to call us. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. That's one 800 316 316. Brett Ryan, the CEO of Focus on the Family, our guest. We'll be back with some more in just a short while. We're talking about coming back from the brink. You may have a story to tell. Back from the brink, uh, whether it's to do with marriage. We've been talking a little bit about uh, domestic violence, family violence, uh, crippling financial circumstances. Your story, 1-800-316-316, if you'd like to participate in our conversation today. Our special guest, Brett Ryan, from Focus on the Family. Uh, let's take another caller. Brett, uh, let's hear from an anonymous caller from Queensland. Hello, uh, anonymous caller. What would you like to contribute to our conversation today? Hi. Um my, yep. I'll try and be really brief. That's okay. Um, I grew up in a Christian home that was abusive. And um, when I was about 21, I married a Christian man who was uh, very abusive. Um, he, was, he was like my dad. Um, and um, I remained married to him for 12 years. Um, I separated from him when I was pregnant with my second child. Um, because he hit me in front of my um, youngest, uh, my eldest son, and um, and because of that, it brought me to my senses about what I was in the middle of. Um, due to the separation, the marriage ended, um, and um, for four years I battled as a single mum um, until God brought along a wonderful Christian man who I'm married to now. Um, but just after I got married the um, second time, um, I had a breakdown um, the day after and um, went into very severe depression um, because the years of doing so much by myself and the court battles and and uh, the stalking and everything else that went with um, an ex-husband who was abusive. Um, and for 18 months, I could just see colours of grey. Mm. Uh, there was no colour in my life and I really struggled. And I really struggled to tell other Christians how I was feeling. Um, and yeah. then um, one day, one night, I was crying to, the, to God and I heard him say to me, I'll reach up your hand. And I felt a bit foolish, but I reached up my hand and for the first time I felt um, God's presence in such a real, real way. And um, the next day, things were brighter. And he had shown me that he had brought me through step by step. Um, and just recently, been through a very difficult time with um, my children. They, um, they suffered a lot. And um, 
the last year God has been so with every situation um, showing me every way and everything to do and guiding my footsteps and giving me um, strengthening my spirit for the task and throughout the years um, so many years being a Christian I've knowing God greater through the time and um, he's, he's certainly certainly been with me. I know that so many listeners will be able to hear your heartbeat as you tell your story. Uh, Let's hear from Brett Ryan. Uh, Brett, your uh, comments, uh, your input into into what we've been hearing? Well, again, thank you so much for sharing that story. It has a very similar story to Sue that rang earlier from Tasmania. And it's interesting that um, this idea of... uh, having the patterns uh, of when you're being brought up as a child and then following it up. And I don't know reasons why that occurs, but it's unfortunate that that has occurred to you. But the exciting thing is that God came to you at your, at your probably your lowest ebb and was able to reach out to you. A lot of people, it messes up with their theology to think that, you know, I'm a Christian, I should, everything should be going smoothly for me. And yet, People do have mental health issues and depression and, and some anxiety and stress and all those type of things, which is contrary to a lot of people's thinking that everything's going to go smoothly. Mm. Um, but in your case, you know, throughout it all, your faith stayed strong. And uh, despite, um, you know, in the contrary with, you know, saying that you had depression and, and living with that and the, that uplifting story of, for God to reach out and have that, that, that presence, that, that tangible feeling that he was there holding your hand every step of the way. Similar to that story about walking along the sand, um, which everyone knows very commonly about, you know, there's two sets of footprints and then only one single parent, one set of put, footprints. And you think, where was God when I was there? And he goes, that's when I was carrying you. And I think it's really good for you to share that story and see the breakthrough that's taken place. Mm-hmm. Something that inspires me about your story is that when you find yourself in the depths of the darkness and uh, you wonder that there is no other avenue to pursue and in that moment you call out to God. Uh, This was your story. You called out to God in those deepest, darkest moments and the next day uh, things seem to have improved. Is, uh, Is that to you an answer to the prayer that you prayed that night? Very much so, but it also been an answer to prayer that I've been praying for 18 months knowing that for the 18 months he had slowly continued to bring me through to a point where um, I cried out with such desperation. He had heard every prayer that I had prayed before that yeah. and, and had been with me every second of the moment and strengthened me in times when I didn't feel that I was strengthened at all. But certainly it was that moment that was the final breakthrough that doesn't mean that everything was easy afterwards. I still had to continue to pull out of where I was, and it was God's healing that did that. Um, but I was very aware of a moment where there was a, a turnaround start. Mm. Well, I want to thank you for the courage to pick up the phone and tell your story today. I really appreciate uh, your uh, humility and courage in actually uh, telling your story here on 2020. Thank you so much for being with us. 
You might have a story to tell too. Uh, I know it might be hard to get through today. A lot of calls coming through. Uh, 1-800-316-316. Before we take another caller, uh, just coming back to something that that, uh, anonymous caller uh, brought to light there, Brett, that she was raised in an abusive Christian home. Uh, Just because you're in a Christian home doesn't mean that you are going to be free from abuse. Ideally, in a Christian home, you might have uh, ways that a mother and a father relate together and relate to children. But I know you've got some thoughts on that, Brett. Oh, yes, very much so. And and it was actually good that she mentioned it to her because the fact is that the term uh, Christian home can be uh, conjures up lots of thoughts. And I'd like to think that we can actually think of a, a home of peace, a home of compassion, a home of kindness and consideration, a home that is going to serve one another. But unfortunately, it's been twisted and distorted. And some families, under the name of, under the banner of Christian um, ethos and, and philosophies, that they can abuse their power. You know, the, the verse where it talks about for the husband as the head of the household, that versus being distorted so many ways that, you know, I'm the head of the household, you have to do and act the way that I would have it to be because I'm the spiritual head of It's not how it's actually meant to be. It's actually meant to be, if because if, it goes on to say that, you know, as, as Christ loves the church, he does it selflessly. He actually serves the church. He actually serves for, for our benefit, not for his own benefit. And that's how we need to lead our lives. It's a, it's a mutual relationship, husband and wife doing things together and serving and looking at what's best for them, not for my own self-needs. Uh, and, and that's when I think we need to be very careful in how we live our lives to have a Christian home that is actually selfless, not And I think we could point people to uh, the biblical passage in Ephesians chapter 5, which talks about uh, the submission of a wife to her husband and indeed the submission of a husband to his wife uh, when it comes to loving his wife as Christ loved the church and was prepared to lay down his life for the church. Mm. Uh, So Ephesians chapter 5 for listeners who might be uh, wanting to explore that passage in the Bible. We are taking calls. 1-800-316-316 is our number. We're talking about coming back from the brink. Let's hear from Robin in Mount Morgan. Hello, Robin. Robin, are you with us? Yes. Robin, great to hear from you. What's your contribution to our conversation today? Um, well, it was in relation to that man um, that commented before, and uh, I, I, I have a problem with people that make assumptions about um, how people can get back from the brink. You know, even when they, especially when they're Christians. I've been a Christian for more than forty years, and I consider myself a. a I mean, a, a strong Christian, and the Lord has helped me out amazingly. Um, but I've come back from the brink so many times, in, and even up to the last couple of years, and it all comes to comes back to my foundation. And, I mean, I had fairly good parents, it seemed, on the outside, but I had a mother that was very um, non-affectionate, um, in both touching and speaking, she didn't she didn't talk at all, and so I had no foundation. I only found that out as the Lord showed me. But every time I had any problems, I would just crumble. It was just like I was crippled. 
and like somebody saying, stand up. And I'm trying to, but I can't. And you're lazy. But when you are so overwhelmed with these, um, with these crippled emotional, um, it's, it's just, you can't even describe it unless you've been there. Mm-hmm. It, you are so desperate. And um, some Christians can be very cruel and very judgmental, and they don't know what they're talking about. Um, but, you know, God has done a lot in me and, and healed me of a heck of a lot. But I'm saying that we need to stop assuming that, that, we, that other people can get off the brink just like we did or we just get back to work or um, stop being selfish or whatever like that. All of these expressions, they are assuming that that person has the same advantages that they do or the same foundation. It's not, we're not equal. We need to give grace to people we need we need to give them mercy and understanding at least try to understand them that's robin right oh just i mean i remember my mother used to always say never judge someone unless you've walked a mile in their shoes and then go a second mile and having a greater understanding i think unfortunately some people come to and jump to conclusions and assumptions and as robin actually said we we need to show grace and 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 understanding and not everyone is clear cut and it's very complicated conflict um, drug dependency mental health issues is very complicated and we and we can put cliches and say hey if you just pray more or if you have you know more faith it will all go better and what sin have you got in your life and what haven't you declared and and those type of comments are not helpful we need to be able to show that compassion, as Robin has actually shared. The fact is that it's not as simple, and we need to... And, and it's not just you know, simply saying a prayer. Sometimes it can happen that way. Sometimes God can meet us our needs and lift, up our, lift us out of the brink and lift us out of the miry clay that we're in. But as also, God uses people. And, and I would encourage people who are going through mental health issues or marital conflict or even some parenting problems is to use people alongside you and not become an island. Use people around you that can actually support you and encourage you, counsel you. Sometimes it needs professional help. Sometimes it just needs a listening ear. But we shouldn't do this alone. And we need to equip ourselves to be more sensitive to uh, think about how we can be able to help someone going through grief and how we're going through some challenges. And, uh, and that's what Focus on the Family is all about, being able to equip and empower people uh, and help people to be able to navigate these difficult times as well. Robin from Mount Morgan, thanks so much for sharing your story with us today here on 2020. And just to say, when you do need that listening ear, uh, someone who will pray for you, you can call Pray For Me. That's 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME or 1-800-772-936. We're back with more in just a few moments. Brett Ryan, the CEO of Focus on the Family, our guest. A talkback line open, 1-800-316-316. 2020. On Vision. It's Neil with you. Our special guest this hour, Brett Ryan, CEO of Focus on the Family Australia. We're talking about coming back from the brink. And uh, into our last segment before the news, we will see if we can take uh, some calls in here. But let's hear from Emmanuel. Hello, Emmanuel. Welcome along to 2020. Hello. Hello, Emmanuel. What's your, uh, what's your contribution to our conversation today? I, I um, struggled for um, quite a about six years, seven years of pornography and uh, it's a topic that I want to raise because 
I kept it in the dark for that long and uh, it affected me and quite deeply and um Okay, you struggled with pornography for six years and yeah. how was it affecting your attitude to others? How was it affecting your life? What was it doing to hold you back and even take you to the brink? Um, it was all consuming at one stage where I'd spend hours on end per day just trawling through the internet um, sitting there and you know, not, not doing anything else and and then I got married and then, uh, you know, it, it's taken me a while to, it's, it's only through God's grace and his death on the cross that's allowed me to, to, um, to wash away all, all those years of pain. Let's hear from Brett Ryan. Brett, on what Emmanuel is sharing. If I had a dollar for every time someone had um, discussed this with me, I'd be a very um, wealthy uh, individual and be able to pay a lot more things for, for folks on the family if we could actually um, have this monetized because this is an issue that is rampant both inside and outside the four walls of the church. And it's happening even now in, in females. About 30% of all habitual um, viewers of pornography are now female. So it's a growing trend that is having a devastating effect on healthy relationships as God had intended. And um, a lot of people think, oh, once I get married, it's going to be great. You know, I'm going to lose that urge. But unfortunately, habits are hard to break. And uh, this addictive and habitual looking of these viewing has given a really distorted view of what healthy sexuality is. And I mean, obviously, we, you were talking about it a little bit earlier about the Fifty Shades of Grey. This is an, another area that's you know, normalizing pornography into the mainstream, that thinking that this is the way that people should live, and it's not. And it's causing a lot of devastation and a lot of heartbreak in relationships. And I get phone calls from women saying, why aren't I enough? Why aren't I enough? And it's devastating for them. And the husband will say, well, it's not hurting anyone else. And they don't realize it's devastating. It's affecting them as well as young women are getting hooked on this as well. So it's something that we need to talk about and have healthy, healthy relationships and healthy sexuality, which is a we could talk about that on another big topic another time. Emmanuel, thank you so much for sharing your concerns there and coming back from the brink and giving glory to God in overcoming an addiction to pornography and uh, really appreciate your input today here on 2020. Uh, Brett, we haven't mentioned it so far this uh, this time in our conversation. We were talking about it earlier with Jenny Stokes. Of course, uh, this new movie that's out uh, being released in Australia today, The Fifty Shades of Grey, and uh, people are calling it pornography and, and some people even being more specific, pornography for women. Uh, there is something of a concern here when you talk about the sorts of distortions you're talking about uh, to, uh, to what is a healthy sexuality. Oh, very much so. I mean, this, uh, the idea that um, that being tied up or being beaten uh, to the point of um, pain and discomfort and having that domineering aspect over, over another individual and to see that this is, will give someone pleasure is not how we should live healthy relationships. And there's lots of really good, helpful literature to read on this, this um, area. But unfortunately... Uh, you know, even in the church, people have said that this is okay, they've normalized it, and young people are looking at it at epidemic levels. And unfortunately, you know, we need to protect our young people and, and look at the devastating effects that 
that pornography can do and and educate young people and so it becomes that they will protect their eyes and their ears of looking and, and listening to this type of uh, rubbish and I have to say, call it rubbish because it has caused so much heartbreak um, and I think Fifty Shades of Grey is just at the tip of the iceberg unfortunately it's normalising it in our main media mainstream you don't have to actually you know do it secretly on the internet anymore or you know and and search the internet it's coming to the mainstream in, in films and cinemas right across the, the world and and it's thinking and young people are thinking this is what normal sexuality is and it is far far from it uh, we're running out of time. Uh, one last call, and I'm not sure we can get this entirely in. Donalds, uh, who is on his way to Horsham, uh, he called in with a testimony, had no parents, came to Christ in his 40s, struggled due to abuse as a child, at age of 50, fell from grace, went to prison. When God spoke to him, uh, no one today is being discipled in modern churches. Uh, a very quick uh, input here. Donald is on the phone. Donald, uh, I can't hear your whole story. Your point about not much discipleship happening. How com- concerning is that for you? Well, it is very concerning because the church seems to be, many churches seem to be a paper tiger or a toothless tiger. Where is the people living the abundant life that Jesus paid us so a, a price for us to live and while I was in prison God spoke to me about grace and when I left prison I came out hearing a man on the television speaking about exactly what God told me about and his name is Joseph Prince now while I was in prison Donald, it's good. Joseph Prince is very good. I haven't got time to hear the rest of your story, and I really appreciate your taking the time to call in. Uh, really, just down to the last few moments, I'll point people to the Focus on the Family website for the resources we have touched on today, families.org.au. And Brett Ryan, CEO of Focus on the Family, always a pleasure talking to you about these types of topics, and I think if we kept going, we could keep going for hours, but... Uh, Thanks for being with us today, Brett. You're more than welcome. Thanks for having me. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.